The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Kia and welcome along to Remember When. We're going to take a little time out to look back at the phenomenon and trends that defined our time as young people in Aotearoa. My name's Jane Yee. Joining me, Duncan Grieve, Managing Editor of The Spin-Off and also Toby Morris, Creative Director of The Spin-Off. We are going to remember when... Wellington Dub. (laughs) When I say Wellington Dub, what springs to mind? I'm guessing some artists. Yeah, it was like... It was a real moment. There, there was Fat Freddy's Drop, who were a sort of an interesting, kind of fairly singular band, a lot of people in them. And then within a two, three years, it felt like, you know, it was like Seattle, you know? <laughs> there were just dozens of, of artists that came out that kind of nestled in some portion of the sound world that Freddy's created. And fair to say that on a personal level, I didn't love them all very much. But you couldn't avoid them, right? Like, you were writing for magazines at the time, for music magazines. I was doing a lot of music television, and I swear to God, every second episode was some Wellington band who um, mm-hmm. who played that particular type of music. And Toby Morris, you were living in Wellington. I was living in Wellington. It was, it was completely unavoidable at that time. It was never really my scene particularly, but it was. You couldn't, you couldn't be a young person in Wellington and not, not be part of it. I was there. I was a student around that time, sort of early 2000s, and, yeah, every weekend would be another new band coming up. There's also it's also there's a couple of sort of key summers that I feel like there were lots of quite good kind of council outdoor summer festivaly kind of things. There's a series called Whopper Chopper that yep, was really legendary yep. where they'd have these big parties on the beach every weekend over summer and they were all sort of Wellington dub bands played at those yeah. and yeah, everybody just get really stoned and dance on the beach. It was great. It was really interesting because at the time I was working at Channel Z as well and Wellington dub made its way into this like slightly alternative alternative mainstream station which would be like you're listening to Jane's Addiction and like Deftones and then the Black Seeds. The Black Seeds are a really interesting kind of case study for it right because part of what made it so ubiquitous was the fact that they were all in each other's bands. There might actually only have been nine people but they (laughs) had between them like 115 different bands and side projects and I think the Black Seeds were the one I had the biggest issue with. I just found them like super boring and that really coloured my sort of impression of the whole sort of superstructure. But such lovely guys. Well that's the problem right? (laughs) Like these were all just like lovely people and people would be like oh yeah he's an awesome guy and I'm like well you can't meet them because otherwise you'll just the thing you'll think of when you hear their bad music is the, the lovely guy making it. That's not any audience's experiences of them. Sorry, I'm just remembering being a music critic and why, you know, had well, no friends. <laughs> I had, I had, um, I'm, I couldn't be, I was terrible. I was writing New Zealand album reviews for Rip It Up when the Black Seeds released one of their big albums and I didn't love it. But I still gave it a really good review because I would go out on squeeze and spend like How dare you. a day <laughs> filming with them every like month or two. And I couldn't face being like, oh, I gave you two and a half stars. That's like a problem of New Zealand criticism yeah. in miniature. Everyone, everyone was all kind of mates here. No one wanted to kind of offend the person they were going to sit at the pub. Toby, you were almost unique mm. in that... You were from Wellington, played in a band in the early 2000s. And didn't make it into the... And didn't make any um, Wellington dub. Yeah. What was it like being outside of that? Did you feel like just the act of not being 
and that kind of a band was a, like a, a sort of a some kind of implicit rebellion against the tyranny. Oh, I was definitely I was definitely not in that world. But I mean, part of the problem I think, and part of what you're what you're saying here, was just I blame Cuba Street for all of this. <laughs> Bloody I think Cuba Wellington's Street! Wellington's so damn small that you walk down the street and you bump into twelve people that you know, and I think that's how all these bands came about because people bump into be like, oh hey bro, you play drums, you're a bass player, let's have a jam this afternoon, even though we're both in other bands already. I used I to go to Wellington all the time for work. And because that's where all this music was taking place. And I'd walk down Cuba Street and bump into people from Auckland on Cuba Street. Right. It's nuts. Yeah. Is it still like that? It's still kind of like that. I mean, I, I've been away long enough that I had fewer people that I bump into. But yeah, it's definitely like that. At one stage, my parents moved overseas and I moved flats a couple of times and changed my phone number. And they sort of uh, lost a way to contact me. They were visiting New Zealand and they didn't know how to tell me. And my brother said to them, just go down Cuba Street, you'll find them. And sure <laughs> enough, I was sitting there on the park bench and it's like, oh, hey, mum, what are you up to? I love it. So other bands were like Rhombus. Holly Smith was kind of weirdly dub adjacent uh, in Trinity mm-hmm. Roots. Trinity Roots was, Another yeah, not one. strictly dub, but definitely oh, part yeah. of that same world. Yeah. So Trinity Roots are one of the ones that I feel like got unfairly tarnished by it. Like they were actually a much more interesting band than yeah. the sort of the post-Black Seeds artist. This is the thing, like it was one of those, it was like, like you're also getting into kind of coded racism territory here where like, um, Aotearoa Roots was a thing and this was some of this was discussed in the um, 660 movie recently where I was uh, cast as the villain um, <laughs> as a music critic which is cool um, but, you and, I mean, Simon, like, you and like, Simon Sweetman well, yeah but he, he was same. in the movie um, <laughs> so I just had to wear that one for the pair of us I mean the thing that I think is tense is like there is a kind of a Maori tradition of playing kind of Jamaican influenced music which is much longer than kind of Wellington dub scene mm. and is to me a lot more interesting than the the kind of more bland sort of j- jazzy it felt very kind of jazz yep. jazz school lured into mm. that jazz mm. Wellington jazz scene as well yeah um elements of it but it was hard to because of the the names tended to kind of sprawl across these things, it was hard to discuss one without conflating mm, it with the mm. other. And I'm sure that there were I don't know, man, it was it was the 2000s. It was hard to write these things without getting it wrong periodically. But um, because there were so many so many bands that shared members, and it was very hard to kind of get your arms around it. Just on Rhombus, R- Rhombus had this that song Clav Dub, which was kind of yeah. massive mm. in the, yeah, with the early 2000s. Video, yeah, with basic. hindsight, not a not a bad song, but just was so ubiquitous that it kind of became one. I A few years later, I went to um, Wellington Airport and it was one of the duty-free shops had gone. And I remember walking into the airport and it was all kind of peak Lord of the Rings era as well. And Rhombus were playing in an empty duty-free shop surrounded by all this Lord of the Rings tat. And I was like, this, if you were doing a sitcom about <laughs> Wellington, yeah. this would be a scene. And you'd be like, that's kind of ridiculous. But it really freaking happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I mean, it all culminated in like Fly My Pretties when basically they all got together yep, on stage. Sort of yeah, tour it around, uh, release some albums, and then just we all moved on. I think that that was the end of it. Like there was the loop recording scene, and yeah. they yeah. did a bunch of compilations, and it just yeah. felt like it. I think people realised it had got a bit much by then. But I think the echo of it lives on in Six Sixty and LAB and stuff. Like I think there's still sort of shadows, you know, sort Absolutely. of distant, distant echoes of it. Whether that's specifically Wellington or that's just sort of yeah, broadened out into the into the water generally. We bloody loved it at a barbecue, didn't we? Loved to to chuck on the black seeds at a barbie. I had a bit of a crush on Barnaby Ware, which was another reason I probably couldn't write negative reviews. <laughs> 
Now we're getting massive conflict. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I'm, the other unusual thing was that, like, knowing the name of the engineer, like Lee Preble, who was considered oh, he was part the of yep. the band, even mm. though he wasn't on stage. But mm. you know, whenever we interviewed them, Lee Preble was there, and I think he he like mixed everyone else as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, he crossed over even into Phoenix Foundation and people like that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think in addition to it being like people often call it barbecue reggae, but to me another part of it, in addition to blaming Cuba Street, I want to blame cafes in general. I feel like Wellington is like a real place that you sit around in a cafe and like shoot the shit and kill two hours, and it's perfect cafe music. Like all those people worked in those cafes, all those musicians, and even all of those. If you got a Fidel's now, or whatever, they're still they're still cranking those tunes. It's so true. That was a huge part of the like distribution methodology was that it was just perfect kind of flat white music during a period when cafe culture was exploding across the country. The kind of irony of it all is that because the bands were so big, you could never earn a living because there were like 100 people in, mm. in the band. And because they were always sort of breaking up and making, or not breaking up, but like they were always doing side projects, you didn't establish a national brand. And that was in some, and the, so the, the irony that, I don't think LAB are from Wellington, right? Like, so, the, you know, it's, the willing that that sort of idea was popularized, commercialized, and has been made tremendously lucrative by a band from Dunedin, made up of people from all over the country, who did it by having a consistent message, a relatively small by that standards group of people. They took a lot of the different sounds, almost all of them, including like Shapeshifter, who weren't from Wellington either, and have just printed money out mm, the back of it, mm. which must make some of the pioneers that the Barnaby Wears and Lee Prebbles sort of a bit like oh man <laughs> we almost almost had it yeah yeah I do wonder if the beginning of the end for the Black Seeds was when um, Brent McKenzie went off to do Flight of the Concords and now that's kind of Black Seeds claim to fame is that Brett used to be in that band yeah he had his own little spin-off thing yeah, he too, did. It's some sort of like did. video kid or something. Yeah, Maybe it was. It's a video kid. Else. Speaking but of videos, God, the videos were terrible. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> no, you're far enough away. That you I, can... I, did you know what? It's it's taken this long, some 16 years, do I feel like it's safe for me to say these things as an ex like New Zealand music advocate. <laughs> two and, um, and a half stars. Oh, God. No, I can't. I'm joking. I'm joking. I have friends in some of those bands too. They'll be upset. Hey, look, like I say, it's amazing small... people. And what a time uh, it would have been for them, you know? I mean, if we were a fancier kind of a place, we might have been able to get them in. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much, Duncan. Thank you, Toby, thank for you. falling into the Wellington dub hole with me. Really appreciate it. Thank you to the spin off members for making this podcast possible. Thank you to Tina for recording. We will catch you guys next time. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.